Jesus' best friend, John, says that there is a sin that leads to death. Hmm. We're going to see that today in 1 John chapter 5. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And uh, I'm going to get right into verse 1. We're yeah, actually... Well, you know, and, and if, if you don't mind, Dad, I am just yeah. want to make like a little bit of a comment here. If the audio is just a little bit different, it's because Jack is gone. Yeah, our, our sound engineer. He is sick, or he's faking being sick. Yeah, I think uh, he's you know, fine. I think uh, he's fine. He's, you know. <laughs> Actually, Jack's one of the more tougher men that I've right. met. And so um, for him to be down, it says something. But um, if the audio is different, that's because I'm But talking. if he was a woman, he would have been here and would have been doing, you know, that's been right. going about his work. Because, you know, it's just, yeah. he's women a guy. Are, and guys, when tougher. guys get sick, they. <laughs> get the man cold is what they call it. All right. Well, First John chapter 5. All right, and, I'll get started. I'll start. Yeah, we have, I just want to say 21 verses here, Dad. All right. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. So the argument he's making here is because he he's so big on, listen, if you're genuine, then that means you're going to have a good relationship with the other people who follow Jesus. And if you're walking in darkness, and if you are lacking forgiveness, and if you don't love God's people, if you're one that has a bumper sticker that says something like, uh, I love God, it's just his His followers I can't stand, yeah, you're out of luck, according yeah. to John. You're you, out of luck. If you've got a major problem with another believer, God's got a major problem with you. Yeah, and, and let me uh, add this into it. Uh, if you are married to a believer and you've got a ma- major problem with that that spouse, that that's included here. So he expects for us to practice love and to get along with each other, including uh, people of our own families where we tend to annoy each other more so. In fact, that's really where the test you is. you saying something about your family, Dad? <laughs> oh, I, I get, well, you know. <laughs> you saying I annoy you? <laughs> not at all. No, not, I, I have a feeling I annoy you a little bit more than no, you annoy me. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into verse two then. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. So if we truly love God and obey his commandments, because part of that is loving one another. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In fact, uh, he's given to us his commandments for our betterment. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what makes us happy, what brings us down. He knows what's going to give us a good life and what's going to detract from that life. And so the commandments that he has given to us, they're for our good. It's, It's a little bit like the owner's manual of any kind of machinery that if you ignore the manual you're going to wind up hurting that machinery and if we ignore our the the person who wrote the manual the word of god if we ignore his commandments we're going to wind up hurting ourselves that screams loud just that idea of loving god means keeping his commandments yeah loving god means obeying and i think sometimes as you know younger generation especially because we we grew up in the well i guess you grew up in the more postmodern age dad but yeah. it's been more um, More so today, yep. Hyper uh, today than than before. But it's, you know, there's just this whole idea of like, hey, we believe in God, but you kind of do what you want, you yeah. know? And it's just simply not true. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. For every, verse four, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, we're believe again. It means to depend on or trust him. So we're trusting in Jesus as the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with the, his testimony. Why does it say Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water? 
Well, it was at, at that time when we, the John, who was there, remember he yeah. was a good friend of Jesus and he was one of the disciples was there. Yeah. And he heard the father say, this, this is my, my beloved son, son. Yeah. hear him. And now, the spirit, the spirit also gave witness at that because it came in the form of a dove and yeah. rested on him. And it's important theology because uh, many people, uh, many people believe, especially used to the idea of adoptionism, that Jesus was so good that God just kind of adopted him as mm-hmm. part of the Trinity and that adoption happened at baptism. But that's not what, for, what John says. It no. says God, Jesus Christ was revealed yeah. as God's son at his baptism, wasn't adopted was revealed. Yeah, in fact, we have a, a theology called the eternality of the Son of God. That is, Jesus has always been the Son of God in the sense that there's always been the Trinity. And then uh, he was birthed uh, through Mary yeah. as, you know, in a physical way as his biological son then at that point. Yeah. All right, so we continue on then. Uh, we have uh, so we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the Word, all and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God and God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has, this is, man, this is such a great verse. Oh, this verse changed my life when I was 17 years old, listening to the gospel for the first time. And it, I mean, I, and in fact, it was, it, it rung my bell. I mean, I, I heard it and I thought it can't really be true because I'd never heard this verse before. And I'd gone to church most of my life in a, you know, formal, very formal ritualistic kind of a church had gone to a parochial school where we had religion classes. And, and in fact, before the pastor read this verse, he asked the question, if you were to die, do you know if you would, you'd go to heaven? And I thought, well, that, and there's no way anybody could know that would be prideful for anybody to say that they could know. And then he read this verse. It says, and this is what he has testified. He has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Verse 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. So if we have the son, we have this eternal life. You want to pick up and Verse 13. Yeah, it says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. That's actually the verse that I'm talking about right there. Yeah. Because that you may know. That you may know you have eternal life. And I remember that pastor saying, you see, God wants you to know. Yeah. It says here, I've written this so that you can know. So do you know, he asked again. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that, that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, Dad, there's been some things that I've asked for mm-hmm. that I have not received. I'd love for my wife to be okay with me getting a, a motorcycle with a sidecar to zoom around town <laughs> with my girls, but I haven't received that yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a private jet would be kind of cool. Yeah, so, that'd be awesome. You know, what, what do you do? I'm sure with, we got some like, listeners out there that could probably, you know, afford to <laughs> right. give a gift for a, a jet. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just naming ridiculous requests, yeah, know, right? I but know. but I've had yeah. ridiculous requests over the right. years, and those haven't been fulfilled. And so, how do I reconcile that with this verse? Well, again, you got to use verse 14 as part of it. So, what does verse 14 say? We are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. You know, the real, the key to prayer isn't so much about getting what we're looking to get. It's more about aligning ourselves up with God and with his desires that, because, you know, in our sinfulness, our desires are not, they're, they, they're corrupted. 
or as I often say, our wanter is broken. And it's Jesus that fixes the wanter. So when we get lined up with him, he gets us wanting the right kinds of things. And so the prayer actually changes. The closer we get with him, the more we want what he wants, and we pray for the things that he wants. And that's why he says that when we're praying for all those things that are going to please him, things that he wants for us, well, then we get whatever we ask for. That's the key. So evidently, God isn't all that interested in you having a motorcycle with a sidecar or for us to have a, you know, the trouble with a private jet anyway. You'd probably be blogged about too. Yeah, be blogged. Well, the other thing is I, I couldn't fly it. You know, I want something I can fly myself. Okay. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather go right. for So that's like why a the jet doesn't engine. please him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be more <laughs> pleased if somebody out there bought me a, you know, a, <laughs> uh, right, I, I'm totally joking. I'm sure you, you guys all know of we're course. not into that. Yes. Uh, verse, verse 16. 16 says, yep. if you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. So what does that mean? Does that mean a minor sin, a sin that does not lead to death? Yeah, I, the 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 sin that leads to death is the sin of unbelief. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus talked about Matthew twelve. He said that there's only one sin that cannot be forgiven. That's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is the hook for this podcast. This mm-hmm. is the the next phrase. It says, "But there's a sin that leads to death." So that's unbelief. Yeah, it's coming unbelief. to the place where the Holy Spirit yeah. has brought full understanding of the gospel. Yeah. And has brought you to this place where you can fully understand your lostness and your need for Jesus, and you still reject it. You still refuse to to submit yourself to him, to believe, to depend on him. That lack of faith, that sin of unbelief. And I I wouldn't say it's a one-time thing. That is, that's something that, you know, unbelief. And if there's a time at which God finally says, okay, that's it. I'm not even going to lead you anymore. I'm leaving it up to God. Yeah. But as far as our, you know, our place in this is we want to continue to witness and and continue to encourage people to come to believe on Jesus because of the only sin a person is ultimately condemned for, Jesus died for all of our sins. Yeah. But the only sin that we will be condemned for is So what's the not sin that does not lead to death? What's well, any other sin? Any other know? sin yeah. but you have Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about believers here that have any other Christian that has they're getting caught up in something, but it's hurting them. And we have a responsibility to do what we can to rescue them, to confront them, to pull, yeah. pull them out of whatever this is. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. So this is where we get the idea of um, eternal security. Yeah, and from. we can't ever say the devil made me do it. Yeah. It's like uh, our, we have a counseling pastor here, Bob Hassel. He said to me the other day that, you know, dealing with those who are struggling with addictions. And, and when someone says, I, I have an addiction with porn. And he said, he corrects them. He yeah. said, You're not said, a victim no, in this. You, you are a Christian who chooses to give into that sin. Yeah. But you can't say that the devil made me do it. Right. Yeah. All right, continue. We know that we are children of God and the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and he has given us his understanding so that we know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He's the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Mm. I've used that verse before when talking to people about, some people just get so into sports. It's like, all right, we're taking off. Church is now backseats, you know, it's this sports season. Mm. 
And um, and I've I've mentioned this verse like keep away from anything that might take God's place in in your heart though. Yeah, and you can do that with anything. It may be different for different people. Yeah, you can do that with good things. Mm -hmm. You can do that with your children. I see people just their children. It's like they idolize their children, and their children are their gods. Great chapter here in First John chapter five. And we're we're over in Proverbs eighteen now. So Proverbs eighteen. Yep, and I. We're verse six. Uh, verse six is uh, there's a lot about fools and wise, the the wise man and the foolish man in throughout Proverbs. We've talked about this already in leading us, but I think it's a good reminder for us that is essentially you see the difference between the two is that a foolish person thinks they know it all, and a wise person they recognize how little they know, and that's why they're gaining wisdom because they're hungry for learning more and they're learning from everybody, never thinking that they're smarter than everybody else. So, but verse six, it says, fools get into constant quarrels, which you see how it fits that pattern because a fool thinks he knows it all. So he's going to be fighting with everybody. So anytime you come across a know-it-all who is super opinionating and just think, well, I'm not sure how much they know, but I can tell you they're a fool. Fools get into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. And the mouths of fools are their ruin. Their lips get them into trouble. So it's a great so reminder. I and we've it's a good question to ask ourselves continually. Am I living as a wise person or, or as a foolish person? Yep. Am I going through life acting to everybody else like I know it all and I've got all the answers, or am I a learner, always doing my best to take it in and to learn from everybody around me? Yep. Good stuff. So it's an international all day right. of something. It is um International Baked Cookies Day. So being Christmas kind of um up here around the corner this coming weekend. It's now's the time to bake those cookies. Yeah, I'll say last week we did we did like a fundraiser at my kid's school, and my wife baked fifteen dozen cookies <laughs> on Saturday. Oh man, house smelled so good. It was not a good day for my <laughs> for my nutrition. We'll just yeah. put it that way. Well, your mom just did uh, actually uh, last night, and I'm right on the counter back home. There's some. Pretty good uh, looking yeah. cookies. There. Well, people always because we're pastors, people always bring in cookies to the office, which is really nice. It's like you really want to fatten up the pastors. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> we, we, we don't need temptation. We don't need any more temptation. <laughs> but you do find this sounds mean. There are some people who are really good at baking cookies, and there's some people that are just really not. I love the really <laughs> thin chocolate chip cookies. A lot of people too much flour in them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a cookie, a cookie critic, but. I sound like one. I, I like the less sugar, the better. Yeah. All right. Hey, make it a good day today, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless. You.